Welcome to Tell Me Something I Don't Know. I'm Stephen Dubner. Joining me today as co-host and real-time fact-checker, AJ Jacobs. AJ, welcome. Thank you, Stephen. As you know well, uh, here's the way it's going to work. We have a guest in the studio today who will tell us something interesting, a fact or an idea or a story. And AJ, you and I will hear her out. We'll ask some probing questions and then judge her, because we're that kind of judgy people, on the three following criteria. Number one, did she tell us something we truly did not know? Number two, was it worth knowing? And number three, was it demonstrably true? AJ, you will be, as always, in charge of that demonstrably true part, if you don't mind. I do not mind. Let's get right to it then. Would you please welcome Catherine Russell. Hi, Catherine. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Thanks for being here. Tell us what you do. I am an off-Broadway actress theater builder, general manager, and producer. Holy Toledo. Okay. Now, for those who don't know the difference between off-Broadway and Broadway and off-off-Broadway, what does off-Broadway mean? Off-Broadway would be all theaters, 499 seats to Mm -hmm. 100. Right. Once you hit 500, it's considered a Broadway theater. Okay. If you go below 100, 99 and under, you are Uh off-off-Broadway. And I'm just looking now to see if are there any off-Broadway theaters on Broadway? Yes, my theater is on Broadway. Yes. (laughs) You're a walking contradiction. I'm a walking contradiction. I built two theaters at 50th Street and Broadway. They are both 199 seats. Mm -hmm. So they are considered off-Broadway theaters, and they are right at Broadway and 50th Street. Ah, okay. And when you say you built two theaters, what does that mean? You started theater companies? It's the physical theater? No, I found raw space, and I literally uh, hired people who, Mm -hmm. along with me, put up the walls. Wow. Brought in the seats. When you said built, you meant built. I meant built. Yeah, like I, I was the general contractor. Holy yes. cow. And you did this because why? I'm in a play called Perfect Crime that's been running since April 18th, 1987. April 18th, 1987. 1987. Yes. Who is the president? Now I feel like a real... Uh... Uh, a failed historian. Who was the president? Ronald Reagan, an actor himself. Yeah, an actor himself. Exactly. So, did you were you inspired by Reagan's presidential leadership to start the theater? <laughs> is that what that was all about? Um, I'm afraid I was not. Okay, right. <laughs> I was just an actress in this off off Broadway play. The play had been optioned for Broadway in 1980, and the playwright had decided not to pursue uh, the producer's dream of putting it on Broadway and put it in a drawer. And seven years later, he was the artistic director of the theater company I was in, and he said, why don't we do this play? So we did the play for 16 performances, and a commercial producer picked it up and moved it. And we have moved nine times over the past 30 years. So, um, but wait, are you saying then that the show that you were in then is the same show you're in now? It's the same show. I am known because I have never had a sick day or a vacation day in 30 years. In 30 years. Oh my goodness. So, so what you're here to tell us today is how we too can never, ever, ever, (laughs) ever have a sick day. So, how many years or how many months and days? 30 years and three months. And what is the play? The play is called Perfect Crime. Perfect crime. It's the longest running play ever in New York. Wow. I've missed four performances for my my brother and sister's weddings, and they put me in the wedding party, so I had to go. What Mm. were they thinking? My understudy got sick, though, at my sister's wedding, so I had to leave the reception. (laughs) 12,417. 12,417 performances. So far. 
By the way, being your understudy has got to be the worst job in America. Or the best, which is the best. She makes a lot of money and Uh she has health insurance and a pension. And does does she do anything? (laughs) She's the assistant stage manager. So she cleans the guns and and puts some coffee cake. So she needs to be there every night anyway. Yes. Okay. So that's the smart way to do an understudy. It's not like you have to show up at the theater, make sure that the lead is there and alive, and then go. Okay, so you've been doing this show for over 30 years. You've missed basically nothing. So tell us a little bit about the play and the degree to which it changes. Is there any interactivity or variance in it, or is it essentially the same play every night? There's no interactive quality to the play. However, when the play first opened in 1987, it was, oh, probably two and a half hours, maybe close to three hours. We called it Perfect Crime, the miniseries. Mm -hmm. And the playwright constantly rewrote and edited the play repeatedly for a number of years to the point where he would be backstage grabbing my arm saying, just put this line in. I'd be like, I have to get on stage. Or he'd come into intermission in my dressing room and say, here's a speech. It doesn't have to be verbatim. Put it in in the next act. So I learned very quickly to think on my feet and memorize very fast. But the play has been the same play now for at least... I would say, 17 or 18 years, except for the fact that we have to include cell phones, VCRs to uh, now we DVR something instead of taping it. Um, DNA has changed a little bit. So we have had to update some aspects of the play, but the actual story has remained the same for at least 18 years. And what is that story, just really quickly? It's about a woman psychiatrist who maybe killed her husband. You see a man shot at the very beginning of the play, and in the next scene, he reappears. And you're not exactly sure whether he's actually been killed or not. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a whodunit in that you don't know until the very end exactly who was killed, why they were killed, and who actually killed them. And you are the potential murderer? That's your role? I am the potential murderer who is a psychiatrist. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And just go ahead and tell us, did you do it? <laughs> I don't mean this at all to sound pejorative, but how have you not driven yourself entirely mad by doing exactly the same thing every night for 30 years? Um, well... Many people say that I must be insane. However... You notice I didn't say that. I asked how it was that you weren't that, okay? I take no offense. I think I'm the kind of person who likes stability. Uh Uh-huh. I would agree. Okay. And and so I, I would say that doing the same play every night provides a stability for me that I would not normally get being an actress. But I try to make every single performance a little bit different. And I think I always do. If I ever felt like, oh, my God, I have to go on. I'm phoning it in. Let me get out of here. I would stop. What's a, for instance, of making it different? Sure. I would uh, pause a little before I say one line, which would then impact my the person I'm acting with and change a little bit. I might be a little angrier. I might be a little drunker in one scene. I might be a little sillier. So I try to stay in the moment, work with whatever is happening on the stage with the other actors, many of whom have been doing it for a long time. Sure. It's interesting, the the variables that you've just identified where you turn them up or down, angry, silly, and (laughs) drunk. I think that would qualify you to work in public radio beautifully. I think so. Uh, Well, what I find interesting is, you know, when you tell a joke the first time, It's hopefully funny, maybe the second. And then it goes into a valley where it's not funny. But then after like 50 times, it starts to be funny again because you've repeated it so much. How do you keep those jokes funny after saying them 12,000 times? (laughs) Well, I don't consider them jokes. Sometimes people laugh and sometimes people don't. Uh There are times, for example, like a Saturday night audience sometimes is a little drunker. They're out to have fun. So they might laugh. I could say like, hello, and they'd be whoa, laughing. Other times, Sunday nights especially, we get 
sometimes a mystery crowd. Years ago, I think Perry Mason might have been on Sunday nights. I'm not sure. Murder, she wrote. I think Sunday nights were the nights for mysteries. And weirdly, people come on Sunday nights and they don't want to laugh because someone said to them, you have to pay attention. Uh-huh. So I'll think they hated the play. They don't laugh at all. And then at the end, people will cheer. They'll stand up and I'll be like, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So I've learned to not not um, worry about what the audience is doing, just to accept it and incorporate their energy, but not worry about it. And so sometimes they laugh and sometimes they don't. Hmm. So I don't know if you were, let's say, you know, a subway conductor or a pipe fitter or something instead of being an actor, if we would be applauding your 30 years of not missing a day of work. It's hard to judge whether it's so interesting because your job itself is interesting. But that said, anybody who shows up every day for 30 years is mind-boggling to me, mostly because I want to know how to not get sick the way you've obviously done. <laughs> what do you do and what do you not do? So I don't smoke or drink. Okay. So that probably helps. Right. Um, I think it keeps you healthier. Um, French I, kissing? Yes, French <laughs> kissing. Absolutely. As fact checker, I just do want to add that the studies say that one drink a day correlates with a longer life. It, it may not be causal, oh. but it is. So for all the drinkers out there, don't right. worry. Absolutely. So, but so basically what this means is that when... You retire from this role eventually. You can drink so much <laughs> no. in that first year. <laughs> no, exactly, I, can't, right? I can't. I'm a Christian scientist, so oh. I don't smoke or drink. So I never okay. have. Also, if you know anything about Christian science, um, when you feel sick, you pray, mm-hmm. and very often the illness seems to go away. So why do we not see you as literally the poster person for Christian science as never Good having point. been sick, or do we? Um, I, I mean, I don't... Are you on a Christian scientist poster somewhere that no, we don't know about? No, 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 not at all. I, you know, religion is personal, and um, people confuse Christian science with Scientology, so I always have to qualify and say, I'm not a Scientologist, I'm a Christian scientist, mm. that's a religion. Um, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily mention that. I, more importantly than Christian science, I think, is that I really love what I do, um, and I think if you like your job you tend to stay healthier. I think that's a really interesting point, which shows the psychological components of wellness generally. Mm -hmm. But also it shows, you know, well-being is a kind of big holistic thing that's probably really worth thinking about. But what do you do when you're in an environment where you feel like you might get sick? If you're around someone who's sneezing or got a cold or if someone... Oh, that's easy. I don't ever accept that I'm going to get sick. I think I don't let it into my psyche. The guys I'm on stage with have had all sorts of sickness. However, I never get sick. I have a strong immune system. That's what my dentist tells me. Do you keep away from children? No, of course not. Because they are total They're the I know, I know, you know that. No, not at all. What about the subway? Do you wear gloves? I ride, I ride the subway. I do not wear gloves. Do you have a pet? I have six animals, three dogs six. and three cats. Wow. Yeah. wow. I will say that's another study that shows that having a pet is also correlated with a longer life. So has anyone ever looked at the overall um, health outcomes of Christian scientists versus non-Christian scientists in mm. some kind of randomized controlled trial? I will tell you in a moment. Would you please, AJ? Yeah. Kathy, do you know? I do know that doctors um, have looked at the difference between people who are prayed for and not prayed for, Mm -hmm. and they don't even, in control groups, they don't know who's being prayed for or not. Mm -hmm. And it seems like people who are prayed for um, recover faster and are healthier, which is an interesting... I will say that 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 study has been... that has been debated. It's not. It's a controversial study. Really? Okay. So uh, just want to throw that out there. There are some doubters to that. But wait, um, what about your diet and sleep? I want to know. Um, okay, so I'm the poster child for bad diet. I live on Snickers bars and coffee. Hmm. Wow. I really don't eat very much at all. And uh, I get about four to five hours sleep a wow. night. Wow. 
You are you but are such a weirdo. I have I'm to a weirdo. say, I'm weir- yeah, and I, no but, smoking or drinking right, on the one hand, right. and totally positive attitude, and matched by junk food, junk food, and no sleeping. What about, where do you stand on caffeine? I love caffeine. I drink uh-huh. like a million cups a day. Interesting. Yeah, and when I go to bed, I'm out like within. Two minutes. Can I just even. say, wherever there are nutrition scientists listening <laughs> to this program, you need to get Kathy, put her in the lab, and tear her apart and figure Perhaps. out what she's got that the rest of us haven't got. She's very trim and fit. I can do 180 push-ups. We're in a pretty small studio today. Do you want to give us 10 or no? You want me to do it right now? Sure, I will. yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> Stephen, are you going to describe this so that the listeners can... Why don't uh, I do play-by-play and you do the color commentary, AJ, okay? All right, so Kathy's getting in shape. She's wearing a dress. She's counting as she goes, her hair bobbing a little bit. And uh, I would say 10, I would say, I think, stop now because you're making me tired. Watch. That was was amazing. That was 12 with, I would say, an exertion level of like half a percent, Mm. right? You look not winded. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah. As color commentator, I want to add the record for nonstop push-ups. 10,507. Oh, so Kathy's Japan. actually not as impressive as we thought a minute ago. Not 180 at all. versus 10,000. Hey, I'm going to be 62 years old. I think that's impressive no. for a 62 year old, right? Uh, so you're impressive <laughs> on many dimensions. Oh, by the way, can I ask? I am really interested to know about the unusual ones among those 12,000. Oh, yes. So give me a couple. Like, what about 9 11? What happened on the night of 9 11? 9 11 was a Tuesday, and we actually didn't have a performance. You did not. At that time, we were at a theater at 46th Street and Broadway, where the American Eagle store is now. I renovated a strip joint, which was closed for prostitution, leaving the Gaiety and the Howard Johnsons in the building. And so I moved in there. We took out the runway, the KY Jelly, the Mother's Day cards, and the Crucifix. <laughs> well, yes, and and we built a small theater, 165 seats, still being off Broadway and still on Broadway. Mm. We moved out of there uh, in 2005 when the building was sold for 110 million dollars. But wow. we were there for a number of years, and we were there on 9/11. So what we actually did was we turned on the TV, we made a pot of coffee, and interestingly enough, all sorts of people who'd ever been affiliated with the show or people that I knew just stopped by and sat in the theater and watched the television and sat. People just wanted to be around other people. It was so, Mm. there was no show, but we kind of provided, I don't know, some comfort, I think, for people. Mm -hmm. It seemed like nobody wanted to be alone that day. So we didn't do a show the next day, which was Wednesday. But then we started the day after that. The theater community got back to it really fast. Absolutely. And and Giuliani, not my favorite person, sorry, but but did say to people, you want to help? Go to the theater. Mm. Go to the theater. Go to stores. Go to the theater. Go to restaurants. And people really did. Now, let me ask you this. Um, as hard as it is for actors to get work generally, and especially to break into the business, do you ever feel a little guilty about all the actors that you've prevented from getting your role and getting that on their resume? Absolutely not. I do this part, but there are other parts in the play. So lots of other people have been employed. I general manage the show also. So lots of other people have been employed because the show's been running for so long. And I do think people come to see the show, they don't know my name. It's like I'm a trained seal or something. They're like that girl who's always in it. Mm -hmm. So, And I think that's a source, for some people, that's a source of interest. Many people come and they'll wait for me afterwards and they'll say, you know what? I never missed a day of work either. Mm. You know what? People are attracted to a work ethic, especially if they have one, and they like seeing somebody else who manifests that. If you could reduce what you've learned about doing your particular kind of work day in and day out and doing it with joy and professionalism and so on for people who do different kinds of work, and especially for people who don't have the pleasure of enjoying their work, is there anything that you can impart to those of us who need a kind of mental or psychological advantage to, you know, lead us to what we know is productive, but we often don't want to do. 
Well, I think people should do work that they like to do and they should figure out how to make money doing that. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, I teach college and that's what I tell my college freshmen. Look around the subway car as you're coming here. Who looks happy to come to work? If nobody does, say to yourself, what, what would make me happy? But I run this theater, so if somebody throws up, I'm cleaning up vomit sometimes. I'm plunging the toilet. I'm, you know... These are the, the things roof. that make you happy or not happy? Well, here's I'm the thing. Having... I do all of those things, and I don't mind doing them because I like working in a theater. I would say my advice is to find joy, some joy, in the work that you do every day and live in the moment. Enjoy doing that. If that job was taken away from you, whatever it is that you do, wouldn't you be sad? I don't mean it's not corny, but find something good about doing it every day. Live in the moment, you know? Catherine Russell, thank you so much for coming to tell us something we don't know about your uh, fascinating life. Thank you. You guys are really fun and interesting. AJ Jacobs, Catherine Russell, long-running off-Broadway actress and many other things. Uh, anything factual that you need to mention? Well, I did go back and check on whether Christian scientists are healthier. There's conflicting data, but there is one study that backs Catherine up, mm -hmm. Harvard. No okay. less. That says that uh, I guess seventy-one percent of Christian scientists feel they are healthy, as opposed to sixty-one percent of the population. That's self-reported. Yeah. So it could be a huge placebo. Harvard effect. is the longest-running uh, college on the <laughs> on the American scene. So <laughs> that's not point. nothing. Excellent yep. point. Okay. AJ, I feel I've learned a lot today from you and Catherine Russell. What did you think of the story she brought us? One thing she said, which. I thought was so useful, and that was that she's been doing this 12,000 times, but every time she tries to make it different, whether it's just a little modulation of mm -hmm. of her anger or... And and I love that because in, in all of our lives, there are things we have to do every day. Right. So I found that very inspiring. Well, it's interesting you talk about inspiration because what she came to tell us was not a typical kind of fact or theory, right? It was, it was more biography. But I found her biography, as many biographies, really inspiring. I like that she kind of inspires herself, that she's always kind of looking for not just a way to improve or keep up, but like really drawing strength from things that are just sitting there all the time, but we might tend to overlook. AJ, nice to talk to you today. Great to talk to you. <laughs> 